Alright, hey, welcome to Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Justin, your host here. This is where I talk about a lot of dad stuff, talk about a lot of guy stuff, so thank you for listening. It's Friday, or it's the day after Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, Phil Grums. <laughs> had great food, great company. Um, hopefully very little political and vaccine talk. Hopefully you didn't get uh, too deep in the weeds on that. We actually had no family in town for this holiday, which is quite a change of pace. And uh, I would say that we now get to cook and be responsible and do all of the typical Thanksgiving holiday things. But this year, that is not the case again, because we actually got invited over to our good friends and neighbors across the street to spend the holiday with them. So they invited us over there, and it was uh, really nice of them. We were in charge of desserts and some apps, so we uh, knocked all that stuff out, made some mini cheesecakes, pie, some mini quiches, uh, char, charcuterie, charcuterie board. I don't really know how the hell you say that. It reminds me of the word Worcestershire sauce, right? Um, anyways, I don't know how to say it. Made kind of one of those. And then our friends took care of everything else. So they did the turkey and the sides and the whole nine yards. It was, it was pretty awesome. Oh, and we brought uh, booze, right? We brought some wine over as well. So it was a great holiday. One of my favorites. Um, I just love food. Meat, stuffing, cranberry sauce. God, it's just gravy. Just, yeah, it's, it's good. I don't know. But anyways, I hope you... Had an equally enjoyable holiday, no family drama, bite your tongue, let people believe in what they want to believe, right? So, alright, anyways, I just want to vent here for a second, like I probably do way too much, but I'm going to do it again. I think that's about all I do every week for a few minutes anyways, but uh, this just happened last night, so it's fresh in my mind. Do you ever do something or respond to your kids a certain way and you immediately regret it. Well, maybe not immediately regret it, but the fact that you have a bit of self-reflection afterwards and think about it maybe, that maybe you could have acted a little differently. Well, I just had that encounter last night or yesterday or whenever. Middle of the night, whole house sleeping, it's exactly 1.44 a.m. I remember that because I looked right at the clock when this was going down. And I get the all-alarming, Dad, Dad, call. Like, kind of a cry, kind of a yell, right? Oh, and is this all parents since I've had kids now? I sleep light is light anymore. The smallest change in the tone of a sound machine in one of my kids' rooms will wake me up. But anyways, I thought I was dreaming, so I lay there for a second, awake, thinking, what in the heck's going on? And then I heard it again. Dad! So I get up to go see what she needs. This is my four-year-old now. My seven-year-old never wakes up. She just sleeps. And if she wakes up, she just comes to my room and says, hey, I had a bad dream or something, and that's it. So anyways, I go into her room, and I'm just like, what? And stop yelling. 
everyone in the house is sleeping. You're going to wake up the whole house. And I said it with some tone. Well, she tells me that she needs water. And I'm kind of annoyed. And I say, no, I'm not going to get you water and stop yelling in the house. But I have that parent tone. I still have that, that tone, that parent sound. You know the one. Well, after I said no to the water, she starts crying, of course, even more. Now she was upset, now she's crying. And now I feel like a dick. And I realize my tone was awful, and it's just water, and it's not that big a deal, right? This is what dads do, this is what parents do. I mean, I know she needs to know that she can't cry and yell in the middle of the night for a glass of water, but this isn't the time for a life lesson or to really explain things to her. So I go downstairs, I get the water, I satisfy her, and I go back to bed. And then as I went to bed, I just laid there and I thought about the way I handled that situation. I was up for like a little while after I did this and how I was kind of annoyed when I talked to her. And I just really sounded like an annoyed parent and I honestly, I didn't like it. And I know I'm flustered and woken up in the middle of the night and nobody wants to deal with that, but I just, I didn't like my perception of myself. And I know that we have to handle stuff like this and it's not going to be all soft-spoken and gentle interactions all the time I guess but I don't know I just I don't know but do you ever do that do you ever just uh you know pop off on a on one of your kids maybe in a similar situation and then realize like ugh, like that shouldn't have happened that way well if you do just remember, and I need to remember this as well, I tell myself this all the time, that this moment or this time is temporary. It is just temporary. I've probably said it on here before. It won't last forever, and then one day it'll be gone, I'll be old, and I'll remember some of these moments, and I'll, I'll wish I could do them again. It's, it's temporary, so just just get through it. Watch your tone, I guess. But another question I kind of need to ask is do we need to cater to our kids? Almost be like butlers for them in a way for years and years? Or is that just a part of parenting? In some ways maybe so. To an extent, I guess. But on the other hand, are we curating lazy and entitled unmotivated kids? Maybe my water situation is a bit different. Plus, I could have avoided it had uh, I or we gotten water before going to bed like we usually do. And then it would have been in her room and would have been totally taken care of. But other instances, you know, for example, oh, Olivia, you don't have your socks on. Go get socks. And then the parent ends up going to do it or get your backpack ready for school. And then they don't. And then we do it for them. Can you tell that uh, morning times may be a little rough for me, apparently? Or even just picking up toys or putting dirty clothes away or whatever. The list goes on and on. Everything your kids do or don't do. And I don't think we do these things intentionally, the constant doing things for our kids. But I think it kind of just comes down to the path of least resistance eventually. We're in a time crunch. We need to make school or an appointment or whatever it may be. And then that's when we step up and just do a lot of the things ourselves because we know if we don't, then our kids are going to miss whatever it may be that we are trying to get to. 
And nobody likes to be late and nobody likes to, you know, not send their kid to school. I don't know. This all just got me thinking. And then I was like thinking maybe we could change it. Maybe we should actively try to change it. Give more responsibility to our kids. Maybe let them learn that there are consequences to certain actions. Oh, you didn't want to pack your book bag up when I told you to. And now you're going to school and you're getting on the bus and you missed returning your books to the library. And now you have to miss out on checking out new books because you already have books checked out. And, you know, there's consequence there. Yes, some stuff we can't do that with or we need to step in to kind of keep things functioning. For example, actually a while back, it was getting cold outside a little bit in the fall. I told my daughter to get dressed so we could go run errands, put some pants on, put a shirt on. We're gonna wear a jacket, blah, blah, blah. Well, she came downstairs in a dress and I told her no. I said, you need to put on warmer clothes. It's cold outside and she refused. She didn't want to do it. And I said, well, if you're gonna wear those clothes, then that's your decision. And if you're cold, that's your problem. No, no, she said she would be fine. So I, I let it ride. I let her make that decision. So we go out and of course she gets cold. And then I even had, uh, I think I was at Costco. I even had some random parent come up to me as I'm putting my daughter in the cart with her dress on. And he goes, I think it's getting a little bit too cold for dresses, dad. And I just, I'm just like, yeah, I know, dude, she made a choice and now she has to live with it. And it's not like it was 10 degrees outside. It wasn't even probably 50. It was probably like 61 or 55 or something like that. It wasn't like icicles. Okay. So it wasn't that cold, but that's a whole nother thing about other people telling you how to like parent your kids when you don't even know who the hell they are. That's kind of annoying too. But anyways, I know in certain situations, I wouldn't let that fly. I'm not like a total monster. But that was a decision that she made, and that was a consequence to the decision. She didn't want to listen to me, and, and she had to kind of pay the price, right? And going back to other things, I think that, you know, picking toys up and all that other stuff and whatnot and, and doing chores, I think maybe if we need to try to emphasize that these things need to get done because it's the right thing to do, rather than using bribes or threats, which I've talked about before. I've had a whole show on threatening and all that stuff, but, and sure, I mean, incentives are good. I mean, we all work for an incentive, money, right? So they can work towards maybe TV time or something that's a treat or whatever in that aspect, I guess. I don't see a problem with that. But I think if we just do a few things, it will make our kids less entitled, more appreciative maybe, hold them a little bit more accountable for the decisions that they make, follow through with those consequences, and enforce some simple rules. And I know we kind of push manners a lot, like saying please, say thank you, blah, blah, blah. But I also want my kids to understand why they should say those things and what it means to say those things and not just to say them just to say it because mom said say thank you or dad said say you're welcome stuff like that i don't know really how to get into that whole aspect but anyways sorry jaggy rant there um didn't really intend to talk about that that literally just happened last night and it was on the tip of my tongue so 
I actually wanted to talk more about what we were leading off with initially, Thanksgiving, and that's Black Friday. Yes, a little late, I suppose. I should have mentioned it earlier since this comes out on Friday and everyone's going to be in the middle of shopping, but that's okay. It's just a ridiculous event. Holiday. Uh, it's not really a holiday, but you get the point. I guess we'll call it the start of the gift buying season. Unless you already started, because the news or the people or whatever said that shipping delays will be happening and blah 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 this year, so we should all have started doing this earlier. Also, I've always wondered why it's called Black Friday. You know, with how nefarious certain things from our past seem to become, I figured Black Friday would also be something of the same sort. But I actually looked it up, and from what I read, it doesn't actually seem to be that. So, I guess the uh, typical assumption, or the main thought, is that Black Friday meant that businesses are able to sell enough to discount prices to still make a profit and they can still be in the black or in the making money side of things. But I guess it originally came around and it was a phrase from like the 1960s from Philly. And uh, they used the phrase, uh, police used the phrase to describe chaos that resulted from a large number of suburban tourists that came into the city for their holiday shopping, in some years even to attend the Army-Navy football game. And huge crowds created problems for police who were having to work long shifts and long hours to deal with traffic jams and accidents and shoplifting and a bunch of other issues. And I guess even Philly tried to change the term to Big Friday, but it never really stuck. So Black Friday is kind of what it was always called back then. But the Black Friday we all know and love didn't grow nationwide until the late 80s when retailers started mentioning the whole profits and red to black narrative. So that's where that came from. And being promoted and started in the late 80s, you know, that would be my parents then. So millennials' parents really kicked off Black Friday. So it's kind of funny. I actually ripped that from Britannica.com by the way, so I'll link it in the description so no one sues me. So, all right, so what are some good deals we can find? We got Black Friday, Cyber Monday, then we have, what, Taco Tuesday, Wacky Wednesday, I don't know. They seem to make, like, a whole week out of this deal, so it can get kind of confusing. And I guess it all depends on what you really want to buy. What are you looking for? Every time me and my wife would go out for Black Friday... We never got up early or anything, we just kind of went out for fun. And we would always end up buying shit that was not on any type of Black Friday sale. So we were like, what the hell? We realized one year that we were doing this and uh, we asked ourselves, why are we here? So we kind of don't really do it anymore. But I think that's the thing though. That's how these some of these businesses, I don't want to say get you, but they advertise really cheap TVs and really cheap dishwashers and cheap computers and whatever and then you get in and then maybe you don't necessarily buy one of those things you swing over and buy I don't know a video game or you buy a new boombox or you buy a toaster I don't know so they get you in there with the deal and then you kind of get deviated and you buy other stuff that's not even on sale and their sales still go up so in reality if you don't really need anything then why bother don't go out don't do it 
just because things that we would like but not necessarily need just because they go on sale doesn't mean we need to rush and go pitch up a tent for 14 hours to go get it and I actually think stores really are doing Black Friday online as well so I don't think there's any need for me to get off my couch anymore Target does online and in-store Lowe's does online and in-store, Kohl's does, and even Costco does, so there's really no reason to do anything. That's pretty sweet. You can just pick up your phone or your computer and get what you want to get right there. And actually, if you go to this website called blackfriday.com, they have all the ads of a ton of the popular stores listed right there. You can click on the store and then click on the ad and then see if it's in-store or online or both. And then you can just make it a lot easier on yourself. Just browse through what you may want to look at or what store you want to check out. And it's way easier. I'll link that in the description as well. And I know in the past I've been somewhat excited about getting stuff. And then I thought dealing with crowds or trying to deal with a website just makes me not even want to do it. Like Amazon site a few years ago, I was trying to find deals on there. I was like, ooh, Black Friday. Let me kind of get into this. And I got in there and I got so confused with what was available and what wasn't available. And then I just started getting annoyed. And I just read it still that way with flash sales and timed deals and all this other stuff just to keep you on the site. I think that's all it is. It just, just to keep you there and keep you shopping and keep you perusing. You know, when it says, oh, this deal's not available for 20 more minutes. So then you spend 20 minutes looking at something else on Amazon and then you go back. And by that time, you've got three more things in your cart. So, in my opinion, just give me the damn list of the stuff that you have on your sale that I want, and that's it. Let me buy that. So there's a tip right there. Have a plan. Have an idea of what you want to get as a gift or whatever, so you can search for that product and then get it and get the hell out of the store or the confusing-ass website and then move on with your life. Because if you're like me, you're going to get annoyed trying to find shit, and then you're going to end up buying something on the 23rd of December because you got mad and didn't buy it now. You kicked the can down the road. That's what I do almost every year, and I'm going to try to change this year. So, Actually, speaking of gifts and ideas and shopping like we have been here, if you need a couple of gift ideas, I actually wrote a few down. So let's see here. Oh. I actually had to use this twice on two different neighbors, friends of mine. Their car batteries died, and they called me because their husbands were out of town, and I'm the mechanic, right? Or formula, anyways. So they called me up to come get their car started. Well, I had this little jump pack called a Wego, and I actually got it as a gift from, I think, my dad a couple years ago, but it works, like, really awesome. It's about the size of a pack of Velveeta, I can't believe I just using a block of fake cheese as a measuring stick for a product. That is very American of me. Uh, but anyways, it's small, very small. It supposedly can start a truck engine, so it's got a lot of power. It can also charge phones and lights and a bunch of other things. So it's kind of a cool gift. Practical, but it's kind of cool. Throw it in the trunk of your wife's car, and uh, when you need it, you'll really be happy that you have it. Now, there's also this company called Homesick Candle Company. They make candles that smell like places. 
Now I know that sounds kind of weird, but they really do kind of smell like places. I actually bought a couple for my wife, and she really liked them, so I thought I would recommend them. And it's just kind of a, a fun way to spark a memory with something. I bought my wife uh, the Vegas candle since we used to live there. And they have a bunch of different places. They have Hawaii, Colorado, Florida, New York. And the Vegas candle does not smell like strippers and three-day-old beer. All right, electronics are always a good buy to earbuds, AirPods, wireless chargers, stuff like that is always a win, I think. Plus jewelry. That is a good one. I hardly buy my wife jewelry, and we've been together for over 10 years, and since I hardly buy it for her, she hardly expects it. So last year, I actually got her a few pieces for her birthday and our anniversary, and boom, she was uh, super surprised. She loved it, and uh, it, was a, it was a good buy. So anyway, so there's just a, a couple of you know simple ideas for you fellas if you don't know what to do. But whatever you do, don't buy her a snowblower or a garden shovel or a dish drying rack or a Pyrex dish or a garden hose, okay? You may get your ass kicked for that. Hell, you may get your ass kicked for buying her a battery jump box that she puts in the trunk of her car, too. But it could be needed, okay? Just saying. But honestly, as far as Black Friday shopping goes, shop local, too, um... Even the little shops that may not really have great, amazing sales like Amazon and the other ones do, just give them a shot, pay a couple extra bucks for it, and you'll make those people really happy. Also, find those sites that you shop at, the brands that you like or your spouse likes. Check those places out for Black Friday deals. Instead of hopping around and jumping around and, and looking through things that you don't normally look at, go to the places that you always shop at. Pop on there, see what deals they have for the holiday, and you'd be set. You already know what they sell, you already know what you love, and there you go. I check out uh, this company called Electric.com. They make sunglasses and snow gear, and I love their stuff. So I'll go on there and check, and... I think they actually have a 30% off sale, so I'm going to pop on there and buy a couple things that I need and and uh, take advantage of a company that I have experience with. I will throw another article in the description. It talks about good things to buy versus not good things to buy for Black Friday or Cyber Monday or Taco Tuesday or whatever. It's kind of an interesting read, but just to sum it up quick, it pretty much says electronics are good. Electronics are the good buys, headphones, kitchen appliances, stuff like that. Even TVs are good, but they say don't run out there and buy the first super cheap 4K whatever TV that you see. It's probably not the best one for your money. And despite what you want to find, like a sick-ass PS5, they say it's probably not going to be on sale and it's probably going to be impossible to find. So probably try to avoid that as well. I mean, I want one, but I'm not paying 600 bucks for it, so. Alright, well, that is about it for today's show. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving again. Not a whole lot of tips here today. Just uh, be safe out there. Buy some cool shit. Uh, get those gifts. Buy your wife or your spouse something nice, something fancy. Or stay home. 
watch a movie with the kids and the family and put up the Christmas tree. You know, they, they love doing that. I actually already did it with my kids. I set it up. I got it going. Fixed the stupid bulbs that were burned out. And I literally opened the box of ornaments and let my kids go wild. And my tree looks like a mess, but we had a great time doing it. And my kids loved it. So that's an option too instead of going shopping. All right, reach out to me at Vegas Raymer on Instagram or on podbean.com. Lastly, grab this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, as well as Spotify. And that's it. I will talk to you next week.